This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to talk about an absolutely great topic. I cannot wait to talk to my guest because we're talking about how to start that business, how to go from being in corporate America to making that leap, to going out on your own, all of the fears, all of the excitement, all of those various things, but most importantly, how and why and how to plan and all those various things. So please join me in welcoming Amy Coates to our program today. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, it really is something that I am so looking forward to because I talk to people all the time who say, I would like to start my own business, but. And then, of course, there's a plethora of things that come after that, but they're afraid. They don't know if what they have would even sell, Um, you know, all these various things. And I love that you work with people to first let, you know, figure out, is it possible? And then to kind of get through that transition. Yeah, I love it, too. Um, I, I love to um, help women to try, try and find their passion, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and obviously we're going to be talking mainly to women, but all of this applies to men, too. But for the men listening, one of the things, too, is to, to think about the women in your life that you support. You know, is this something that they're wanting to do to fulfill their passion? And what can you do to help them with that? So let me tell That's people a little really bit about question. you. Yeah. Yay, yay. I know. You know, these men, these, these, these spouses. <laughs> I mean, you know, that really, and, and you know, we'll talk about that later. Is how do you get your spouse on board? You know, because it's yes. a scary thing. So cool. Yes. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you before we really jump into this conversation. So Amy Coates is an entrepreneur, corporate exit strategist, CFO, and remember that, folks, she's a financial person and founder of Virtual COO Solutions and Two-Week Notice Society. After 20 years in the corporate nine-to-five world, she realized she was destined for something far more satisfying. But it wasn't enough for her to find her happy place in the world. She created Two-Week Notice Society to empower women who feel the same way she did when she left the nine-to-five grind and started her entrepreneurial journey. She is passionate about helping corporate women get their online businesses up and running so they can leave their nine to five and be the woman they dream of becoming. Her strategies contain the exact steps she followed to make it to the other side and love life all over again. So again, Amy, welcome to the program. We just leaped into the discussion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I get so excited. <laughs> it, is, it is something that obviously is exciting to me also because I made that leap. But, you know, I, 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 I hung on as long as I possibly could, you know, all those various <laughs> things. And, you know, it, it is scary. So let's, let's take a step back, though. You know, you were in corporate America. And, you know, obviously, as a, uh, you know, you know, I mentioned that you were a CFO. So that's part of your mindset is financial planning, you know, being strategic, all of those various things. And you decided to give it all up. What went through that, that process? You know, why did you think, hmm, this just isn't working anymore? Sure. I had uh, been in the corporate world for 20 years. And the last company that I worked with was a small technology company, uh, small in employees, about 20 to 22 employees, but they did big numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And because it was a small company that was, that was doing so well, each of us had a very wide variety of tasks that we did. Right. I did um, accounting, HR, um, anything financial, payroll, um, operations, you know, taking care of the building that we that we rented. Um, so I had all of this 
experience. And eventually I just, honestly, I got kind of burnt out by it. I Mm -hmm. um, got a little bit burnt out with the people that I was working with. um, And I just started to realize that I could take all of that knowledge because I, I was, you know, there was no one to replace me. I had to work on vacation and, you know, all Mm -hmm. of those things you do when you're in corporate. And I realized that I could do that for myself mm-hmm. or offer it to other other people, start my own business. And so that's what I started working towards. I honestly didn't know this whole virtual world existed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like in awe when I that I found that I could help people um, that lived in a different state that weren't local to me and I could right. do it all online. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I can really... Uh, you know, start to help and impact more people. So that's what I did. And that's what virtual COO solutions is, is really taking all of those skills that I learned. And I started offering that to virtual and I did have some local clients as well. And Mm -hmm. that business really took off. Um, Now there were some bumps in the road, like everyone has when they are starting a business and uh, we don't really know what we're doing. We're just kind of going full force into what feels right. Uh, and, but it took off and that was how I was able to replace my income and then actually give my two week notice. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I love the fact that you definitely planned it in advance, you know, and, and sometimes things happen, you know, you get fired, you're like, oopsie, okay, got to do this now. But hopefully people can plan it in advance or at least have that little bug that's going on in their brain. And, you know, let's be honest, there are, for some people, they like corporate America. They, you know, and and for our guests who aren't in America, they like working for big corporations. You know, all these various things, they like that... uh, there's there's just a variety of things that they like about it, not the least of which are benefits. They know, you know, for the most part, when they're getting paid, how much they're getting paid. You know, some people like that structure. You know, and, and, and that's great. I mean, the world would probably have lots of problems if we didn't have a lot of people who, who did those positions. But for many of us, there really is that itch that, ugh, I don't want to work for, and I'm putting this in my little air quotes, the man anymore, mm-hmm. you know, or just the knowledge that there's something more, something better. Right. And, and that's exactly what I started to feel as well. Uh, and as our company started to do better, the, the corporate company that I worked for, uh, the, the president who I directly reported to started to live a very nice life, as he yeah. should, right? Right. But I was really there was no putting in a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, got a, it got just a little bit frustrating, you know, and... Um, there were some things that happened that really made me kind of see or feel that I, I wasn't as valued, right? It was just mm-hmm. this expectation. And, th- and that's my situation. It's not for every, it, you know, that right. doesn't happen to everyone. Mm-hmm. But it really started to open my eyes uh, and, and really started to help uh, motivate me and kind of give me that momentum to start doing something for myself. And mm-hmm. I also felt like since I didn't feel appreciated, I didn't feel like I was making the impact anymore. And it just became kind of mundane. I knew I had been there for so long. I knew the ins and outs of everything. And, you know, being in finance or accounting, I always say things don't change that much. It's like pretty right. uh, basic. And mm-hmm. so there wasn't like this excitement that I had mm-hmm. either. Right. You know, and, and again, some people love that. I mean, I worked with a woman um, who originally we were in a marketing agency together and marketing agencies change from minute to minute, you know, depending on who and, and what your clients are doing. I mean, you can have, you know, you, you might have your next 10 minutes planned out and things change, let alone your, your entire day. And so it's for some people, I mean, that's great. This woman absolutely hated it. I mean, she wanted to know what she was going to be doing virtually every minute of the day. That was just her personality. And she would have probably never, ever thought, hey, I want to go out on my own. And, and she really did like that structure, um, you know, and, and for some people that is great. But as you said, for, for a lot of us, we're like, ugh, no, you know, and, and, and it is hard when we see the boss, the owner doing very well, you know, and, and, and you're right. In many companies, they do pass that down. People get bonuses, all these various things. But, 
you know, in a, and, and they, they're the ones taking a lot of the risk, you know, all sorts of things. But it is sometimes very hard when you're seeing them in their Mercedes or, you know, their second home. Um, you know, I had a boss one time where it, it was kind of a very odd situation. Sometimes he did not meet payroll, but his home was extravagant. And, you know, and so we were always thinking, where's our money going? Um <laughs> You know, and, and so that was, you know, we see all these things and, and we think it must be better. You know, that, that grass has got to be greener over there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I totally agree. And I am a huge advocate for um, if, if it's possible for you to start creating that side business while you're still in your nine right. to five and kind of have that building side that hustle type of thing. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's really important because a lot of times starting out, I see people and, and this happened to me obviously a little bit, but um, that you aren't really sure what you want to do. So you start trying different things. And mm-hmm. I always say it's a little bit better to try those things when you have uh, an income coming in right. from your full-time job, mm-hmm. right? Because you have a little bit more of the luxury to, to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, that's something that I definitely, um, encourage people to do is to start working through that when you're still in your your corporate job. And since I re- was able to replace my income before I left, I try and encourage uh, people to do that as well or, or whatever that number is, you know, for you as mm-hmm. personally. Right. You know, and, and uh, you know, a great example is, is me. You know, my husband is the primary breadwinner. He's where we have our benefits. You know, I'm, I am extremely lucky in, that, in this situation. So it did allow me a little bit more flexibility to be able to, to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But we did plan it out. I mean, you know, it was okay. Now, if we go from this per year to this per year, what are we giving up? You know, what are we going to have to change? Um, you know, all these various things. And, and so that's where, especially if, if you are, you know, in, in, no matter what, whether you're, uh, you know, in, in a relationship with somebody or on your own, finances is absolutely positively got to be the very first thing that you're really thinking about. Right. I totally agree. And since I have a financial background, I think it's something I'm even more passionate about is creating that plan and figuring out how to make it work. I, when I was going through it, I did cut back on some things. I really went through my bank accounts or or my statements and figured out what do I really need? You know, you start, sometimes you're paying for things that you don't even realize. How many times a week do I need to go to Starbucks? Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I had like Netflix and all that stuff. And I'm like, I don't need to be watching Netflix. I need to be working on my business so I can Mm -hmm. leave my night to five. Right. And so I started to do some of those things and just cutting, cutting back. And I'm, I don't, it's really up to everyone how much they want to cut back. I always say, I'm not like this Dave Ramsey Ramsey where you need to, you know, live, you know, with nothing, but Mm -hmm figure out what that is, what's important to you and, and what's maybe more important for you, just knowing that in the future you can have those things again. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously you should be doing those things anyway with budgeting and, and right. you know, and, and figuring out, well, huh, you know, maybe I shouldn't be going to Starbucks every week. Um, you're, yeah. okay, once a week's fine, but every, you know, every day, you know, well, holy cow, that really adds up. Um, now, mm-hmm. if you're having meetings there, you know, that's that's a little bit different, you know, all sorts of things. So, as you're going through the finances, you know, look at those things, um, you know, and, and look at other things. You know, I'm, I'm looking at a, a great blog post that you wrote about other considerations that are obviously financial. Big one, health insurance. You know, what are you going to do if you got your health insurance through your employer? Um, you know, I, I saw just on yesterday on Facebook, somebody had posted that they were going to have to quit their part-time job because it messed up their health care, um, you know, and, and they had to, to go back. And, and things change. I mean, that's the other thing, too, that people need to keep in mind is every year for a while, probably, health care is going to shift, um, you know, and, and you know, you, you might be able to get on plans with groups if you're, you know, an individual. You know, a lot of times chambers offer some things or, you know, you've, you've got all sorts of things, but, you know, look at your health care. Um, you know, if you're working from home, what are those expenses that are going to, to be taking place? Um, you know, you're probably going to be cutting back on some things like, you know, maybe you're no longer driving an hour to work every day, some things like that, but, um, you know, all those various things like that. So what are some other things people need to really be thinking about? 
Sure. Uh, I also think creating an environment in your home that is a great work environment. Okay. I don't know that people really talk about that a lot, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. but I, I worked from home a little bit from my corporate job, but um, it took me a while to really figure out a, a place in my home that mm-hmm. I could concentrate and work and, and get it done and kind of shut out having to do the laundry and doing it's dishes. Not you know what I mean? And all those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I think creating a good space like that, um, as far as cutting cutting back on other expenses, uh, you know, I actually, and this isn't obviously for everyone, but I actually recently, my car lease ended mm-hmm. and I did not get another car. Wow. I live um, downtown in a, in a downtown area mm-hmm. and I don't really have to drive anywhere. And in what I was paying, I could, you know, I mean, with everything, I can get groceries delivered to me, all of mm-hmm. those things, but I, I have, I'm able to walk everywhere. But that was something that say, has saved me um, a lot of money at this point, just from not having a car payment and car insurance. But it was right. something because now I work from home, I have that luxury that I don't really need that, mm-hmm. you know, so... Well, and there's um, other people who've kind of filled that gap. You know, obviously there's Uber, there's Lyft, you know, there's things mm-hmm. like that. But now they have car sharing. Um, you know, obviously there's public transportation in in many mm-hmm. areas. And people really need to think about it. You know, how many times do you need to drive to that? You know, could, could it be a Skype? Could it be, you know, we're doing this via Zoom? Um, mm-hmm. You know, do you really have to physically be somewhere? Uh, you know, and, and 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 now that's hard, especially for social people. Hello, me raising my hand. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, I learned that was one of the very first things that that I really learned was: did I need to go out every day to to a network thing? Um, you know, was it really a benefit to me to take that two or three hours out of my day to go and do that? Yeah, that is such a good point. That's funny you mentioned that. I haven't thought about that. But when I first started working from home uh, and I was, you know, had started my business, left my job, I had joined a bunch of networking, local networking mm-hmm. groups right. because I thought I was going to miss that um, being around people. Mm-hmm. And what I found is some of them were not beneficial to me. Right. Uh, and, and, and it was just for me in in particular, but I was ending up spending, you know, three hours out of my day by the time I went mm-hmm. there, you know, had the meeting, then came home, uh, that I could have been actually working on my business and it wasn't actually benefiting me. So mm-hmm. I had to make that decision to figure out which ones were actually going to, you know, that were that were good for me, that were a good fit. But I did. I thought that I was that was going to fill that void of missing out on, you know, working with coworkers. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it took a little bit to figure out what, what was the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. And, and it does take experimenting, you know, and, and the nice thing is many business associations, networking groups, whatever it is, allow people to visit for, you know, a certain number of times or, you know, to, to pay a little bit more. So you can think about it. It's like, okay, you know, if, if what's the year membership, and then the, the price of things, as opposed to just if I attend, say, six uh, you know, meetings a year or whatever it is. And that comes back to those financial obligations. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And that's something that um, I think I kind of spent a, a little bit on when I first started, just because, I, again, mm-hmm. like I thought that was right. going to be the thing. But I've actually realized I do a lot of virtual coffee dates with people that I meet in Facebook groups or just online and in, in different um, you know groups that I'm a part of. And they kind of fill the void just as well, right. you know, and I can do it from my own home. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love that concept of a virtual coffee date. Um, you know, we mentioned Skype, we mentioned Zoom. You know, there's so many ways that you can do these meetings where, and, and the cool thing is you can literally be meeting with people around the world, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah, and I've I got know. an option on my online scheduling for a half hour meeting online, um, you know, where somebody can set up a thing and, and we really are, we're just meeting on Skype or on, um, you know, on, on Zoom or what are the, you know, what are the other platforms that are out there and, you know, it's most of the time we do find that we extend it longer. You know, we, we get to chatting, we enjoy it. But, you know, for one thing, I'm not 
having to, you know, for the most part, change my clothes. <laughs> you know, we're not getting right. dressed up to go out and about. Again, it comes back to finances. You know, my cup of coffee and my Keurig is a heck of a lot less expensive than Starbucks. You know, no gas, no, you know, all those various things. And typically I find when I go out, you know, like the closest Starbucks to me is right next door to Walmart. So, oh, then, you know, I probably should go in and do a little shopping and and all of a sudden I've lost three hours again out of my day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that absolutely happens. So you know, one of the hardest things for me when, when I decided I was going to make this leap is knowing when the time was right. So uh, you know, what do you talk to people about so that they know, okay, I'm ready to do this? I mean, you know, obviously finances and, and things are, are the, the critical thing, but what are some other things for people to know when is the right time to, to make this, this leap? That's a really good question. And that's something um, that I think a, a lot of people have. And I think sometimes it actually um, prohibits them from moving forward because they want to know when that time is right. right. And so a couple of things. One, I always like to work from some sort of business plan. Um, that's something that I work with people on is to really figure out what it's going to take based on your goals, your financial goals, mm-hmm. uh, and you know what you're charging, what your program is, or, or what it is that you're doing, services you're providing, uh, what it's going to take to get to that number, mm-hmm. um, and and really work towards that goal. I always have people pick an exit date. Um, I think it's good to to work towards a date. It doesn't okay. have to be set in stone, but I like people to have a date out there because otherwise I find people are, um, they just say, oh, in 2019, I'll quit. Mm -hmm. But if they tell, but if we can get it down to let's work towards May, 2019, just as as an example. Um, and if it doesn't happen, then, you know, if we're not at the point that you need to be at, then we'll extend it. Mm -hmm. But I like to have people, um, first make sure that they are going to be able to, um, be making the amount of money that they need to after they've figured out what that number is, they need to be making that. And that doesn't mean that they just make it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs to be something sustainable. Again, right. I had one client and I got $10,000. Well, yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, now you need to do that four uh-huh. more times. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, I'm big on sustainability. And so I really want to make sure that we have some sort of system created where that is happening and you're able to maintain that income. So you don't give your two week notice and then you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't have any clients right now. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you have to start hustling. So, um, I think that's a big thing. I also think, and this is a little bit of a side note, but I see, um, people sometimes getting more clarity as they're taking more action. So meaning they they think they want to start, um, let's say a coaching business, um, and they start taking on clients and they start to get more clarity on what it is that they truly want to do. Mm -hmm. And so their business starts shifting a little bit. And sometimes that puts their goal or their financial goals off a little bit further just because they're working through that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I think it's important that you start working through that, start working with clients and to really start getting that income coming in and creating, I always call it the, obviously the foundation in your business, but get that pretty solid. Um, and you, and I almost feel like you kind of know when the time is right then, because you're almost on the cusp of your side businesses at like the top of the mountain and it's just like ready to explode. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, Almost, it's starting to interfere with your full-time job. Right. And you know that if you could dedicate more time, that it's just going to take off. And that's typically, I feel like, the point of where people really know that they're able to, to give their notice. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I, I keep thinking back to when I started Wise Women Communications, which is, oh, good golly, a long time ago, um, mm-hmm. over 20 years. And I did it as a side business. I really liked where I was working, but you know, kind of like you said, you were feeling the itch. You know, is this? Do I have more to life? You know, all the do I have more to offer? You know, all these various things. And 
I met with a business coach and she was so cute. She, you know, one of the things she told me, she, you know, I, I, she said, you have jumped off that diving board, but then you turned around and grabbed it and you were hanging on with your fingernails, you know, and, and, you know, and I was, I mean, it was like, I was really, really scared to let go. And one of the things she told me was I would never make it work until I absolutely had to. And, you know, and, and that was the scary thing. It was like, okay, you know, can I do it? And, and I did. I held, and I held on probably longer than I should have, partially because I liked where I was. And telling those folks that I was leaving was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm. You know, and, and that's, that is hard. Now, sometimes you're like, okay, you know, and they're, they're telling you, don't let right. the door hit you on the way out. Um, but, you know, and, and, and that is one of the things. I mean, you know, if you can leave on good terms, you know, without burning bridges and, and all those various things. That's always, you know, even if you're, you know, starting your own business or going to another job, um, you know, that's, that's the preferable way. But, you know, it, it, for me, it really was hard to make. And, and, and I, you know, I struggled with it, obviously, for months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I see that happening. Yeah, you know, and, and it is hard. Um, you know, what are some other things that people need to be thinking about? What are the, the right ways to transition? A lot of people honestly ask me uh, if they should tell their employer. If right, they, especially if they're doing the side hustle. hustle. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that, I mean, everyone's situation is different. Mm-hmm. I did not um, because in my situation, I don't think that they would have, um, not that they wouldn't have allowed it, but, but I, they, I feel like they, they would have been pleased. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. They would have thought it was interfering with my, my full-time job, which it was not. Um, I didn't, I'm not that type of person and I didn't allow it to, you know, to, to happen that way. Uh, but I never wanted that to be, become an issue of anything of any, you know, sort. So I do tell people that it's your own unique situation. It really depends on, you know, your boss and your situation, but you also have to, uh, if you are going to tell them, there is a risk that they could let you go, right? right. There, you you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do have to be prepared for that. But it also shouldn't stop you from starting a side hustle. There's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you don't have to be shouting it from the rooftops to mm-hmm. begin with. You can right. be um, quietly getting things in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I also think uh, there are ways that you can start to, you know, doing some virtual coffee dates with maybe people who are doing something that are similar to what it is that you want to do and get a feel for um, maybe some of the um, ups and downs they've had, if they've had any advice. I've had people uh, do that with me and it's been helpful for me in a way and it's been helpful for them, right? And I Mm -hmm. think uh, we're all open to sharing that as well. Right. You know, and... Obviously, there are some things that you you should not do. I mean, you have to be ethical about this, folks. No stealing clients. No, yeah. you know, no telling them. Well, in a year, um, right. you know, and and because when I started my own agency, I had worked for an agency, and and he actually had a non compete. Now, you know, non competes are little little wishy washy, depending on the industry, depending on the state, all those various things. And, you know, so I was very, very careful that I did not come anywhere close to mentioning to, to the people I was working with, the, you know, the, the clients that I was going to be going out on my own. And I waited six months before I ever contacted them, um, you know, and, and went back to them and said, okay, you know, hey, you know, just reaching back out. And I had a couple that then transitioned to me, but I waited that appropriate amount of time. And, and for some people, I mean, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a year, but, you know, do things like that. And, and you know, and, and again, folks, you know, don't be using your current work resources, you know, no, yeah. yeah, you know, all those various things, just be, you want to feel good about it at the end of the day. Right. Even if you have some sort of negative um, environment or you're not happy with your nine to five for some reason, I, I would still make sure that you do everything in your power to keep it positive and, mm-hmm. and make sure that there's nothing that can come back. Right. Well, and it's a very small world. Um, I was just thinking last night about a friend of mine on Facebook who, unfortunately, his mother passed away. Now, I've never met him, but I was introduced to him on Facebook by someone I went to high school with. He lives in Las Vegas, 
he's a big Toastmaster person, and he's good friends with my husband's college roommate. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and so you never know on these things. And, and so, again, that's why you really don't want to burn bridges because you never know when that bridge might come back and whack you. Exactly. Exactly. So what are some other tactics and strategies you need to have in place before you make that leap? Uh, I think def- like we, we talked a little bit about defining your uh, business idea and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of my clients start taking on clients pro bono to start with and okay. start working through that practice, mm-hmm. uh, defining that that they're, uh, the way that they're going to work with people and start to really work out those kinks. I always advise not to do that with friends mm-hmm. because you want some honest feedback, depending right. on what your friends are like. But uh, so, uh, some people have very honest friends, but I feel like if you can get some, some really good clients, it's going to, first of all, give, give you some great testimonials, but you mm-hmm. can really start to work out those, those kinks and to start figuring out how it is you can help them, what you're going to help them with, how, uh, what your process is going to be like, and to really start working through that. Um, that. Those are kind of the first things that I have people work on is to really just get out there. And there's usually a lot of, re- honestly, there's a lot of resistance um, with that. But I, mm-hmm. feel, I feel passionately that it's um, probably the best way to go about it. Well, and one of the benefits of that is the fact that you can explain to them that you do have a regular nine to five job. So you're going to be working on their things in the evenings and the weekends, <laughs> or you might not respond to a call immediately, things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And, and, and then I think they also have that understanding of uh, where you're coming from, mm-hmm. right? And that you're, you're, you're starting to do this and build your business and they're, you're, they're kind of your uh, guinea pigs in a way, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're practicing on them. Right. Um, and then I would say just putting together, um, so I work with people who have service-based businesses, meaning similar to my virtual CEO business. Mm-hmm. So I work with a lot of uh, virtual assistants or people who are looking to be project managers and things like that. So they're actually doing um, tasks for their clients. And so they do have to do that a lot, obviously, on um, their their own time. Mm-hmm. And they can only do so many hours, you know? Right. Um, and so it can be sometimes very difficult because they're trying to... Um, create that income, but they can, they only have so many hours that they can actually work on Mm -hmm. client work. Um, so there's usually, uh, you know, this kind of magic number that they, they have that they always say that they, they can work on do client work before they actually start to go a little crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and then for people who have like coaching clients, just like I mentioned, starting to take those clients I've had people totally in, in just actually in the last couple of weeks really pivot what they what they wanted to do. They thought they wanted to do one thing and they just um, weren't making the time to work on their business. And sometimes I have to give them a little bit of tough love, but then sometimes it's actually that it's, it's just not their passion, right. that they realize that that's not what they really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And once they figure that out, which I can help them, but it usually comes from within mm-hmm. them. Right. And all of a sudden they're emailing me saying, oh my gosh, I'm up at 4am. I'm working on my business. I'm so excited. I can't wait to you know, get home from work and start working on this again. And that's when you know that you hit the sweet spot. Uh, and I love getting those messages. Yeah, and, and, and as you were saying that, one of the things I was thinking is sometimes a hobby is just a hobby. <laughs> and yes. you know, and that's okay. You know, it doesn't mean you know you can't keep doing it. But maybe it's you know, like you said, you know, maybe it's time to think about something different. Hmm. I agree. And and honestly, and like I said earlier, just you have to start taking that action. A lot of times people, when they start a side hustle, they're very comfortable, especially people who come from corporate, because I found myself in the same situation sometimes. It's easy because we're so used to doing tasks that are typically given to us mm-hmm. to get hung up on all the logistical stuff, you know, setting up your website, setting up your Facebook page, getting a Facebook group, writing blog posts, all of those things that allow you to hide behind your computer. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always 
really encourage people to try and start working with people right away because it typically gets you a little bit out of your comfort zone. Right. And not everyone is, everyone is like that, but I would say the majority of the people, they're not used to being the person that has to, to go get those clients. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and along those lines, when you're thinking about this, you know, it, it, maybe the logistical portion is, is the easy way to talk about this. Think about the things like, you know, uh, are you set up to do invoicing? You know, all these various things. Um, you know, we've talked on the program, you know, fairly often with guests about the legal things that you need to do to set up your business, um, you know, and, and when you need to take those steps so that it isn't just a hobby, you know, and, and all of those various things. And you know, talk to your CPA. You know, one of the things that I was always told is, you know, we, we mentioned that the office space in your home. If you have a dedicated office space, so, you know, that spare bedroom that you don't have a bed in, you know, all those various things, then you can write off a portion of that on your taxes, um, you know, all these various things. So think about all of those things also and business name. I mean, all of those various things that come along with being that entrepreneur and that business owner that we're thinking now. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yes, you definitely want a, a way to accept money. I think that's mm-hmm. an important um, starting point too. That sometimes people don't think about or right. um, you know really think that they have to implement and how they're going to invoice clients and what happens if mm-hmm. you know a credit card declines and what your process is going to be for things like that. So, yes, for sure. All of those kinks, and that, and uh, when you start working with some clients, those are things that you have to think about, right? Right. You know, and I mean, one of the best pieces of advice that I got was again from that business coach who told me, you know, you need to to actually make the leap. She told me open a bank account in a different bank than my personal account. She said, because it gets really easy to merge everything together if they're all in one bank. And if it was a totally separate bank, then it was there. And there were other things that I was told. Now, this was, you know, 20 years ago. So one of the things they said was, um, don't use postage stamps. Get in, uh, you know, a postage indicia. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so I had one of those stamp machines there for a while. And then I, then I figured out, wait a minute, how much is this costing me? And, you know, went back to stamps. Um, you know, I, little things, again, like don't print your own business cards. You know, yes, you can buy those things and you can print them yourself, but for under 10 bucks, folks, you can go get, you know, you can have professionally done business cards. And because it's important that even if you're doing that pro bono work to get yourself set up, it's, people still need to take you seriously. You know, if, if I think, oh yeah, well, you know, Amy's just playing at this then I'm probably not going to respond to your emails as promptly or give you the information you need or all those various things. So you want to be as professional as you can. Absolutely. That's a really good point that those pro bono clients are real clients and Mm -hmm. they could potentially continue working with you depending on the situation. So you definitely want to show up as your best self when you're Mm -hmm. doing that. And you certainly don't want a recommendation that Amy was okay to work with. (laughs) Or you know something like that, right? You know, we we that's not going to help you get more clients. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not sure I want. Okay, (laughs) so true. So, what are some other things that people really need to be thinking about? I think also the next step I would say is to figure out how you can scale your business because I would say that's the next step. After you work with your pro bono uh, clients, I always like to talk about how you can start to scale your business. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, like I said, I, met, I work with a lot of um, service providers, virtual assistants and um, OBMs, things like that. Uh, they get to a point like I mentioned, where they can only handle so many hours so, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to grow their business further then. Right. Uh, and so we typically talk about maybe bringing someone else on, um, some subcontractors, uh, also trying to add some sort of passive income if there is a way to do that. Um, and, and typically people can start doing some of that even before they leave their nine to five mm-hmm. so that they can start to plan on what their income is is going to be going forward from that. Uh, For people who are in coaching, uh, once you have those pro bono clients, I would say if you're going to start a coaching program or a course or or both, uh, working with those clients and maybe even having those clients go through as part of their 
their time with you going through that course. Uh, that's what I did. I had some pro bono people go through my signature course and I really got to, you know, there's things that I thought were obvious or things that, you know, people would understand. And I figured out where people were getting stuck, where they needed more support and where I needed to add maybe another module or, um, you know, a lot of people aren't familiar with the tech that we use in the online space. You know, we're Mm -hmm. very tech savvy in the nine to five world, but it's different when you get to the online space. So I added a whole tech module uh, for people to, so they weren't spending time Googling or YouTubing on how to do things. But until I started working with people, I didn't even think that that would be something that held them back. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the more you can work with people and to get through those kinks, I just think it's really important. And it just makes your, your business stronger. Right. You know, and as you were saying that, one of the things that I remember doing, you know, I I did some pro bono things to start with, as, as you suggest. But I also explained to the people they were never, ever, 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 ever to tell people they hadn't paid for it. Because then the next person is going to say, well, I understand you gave it to her for free. So how come I don't get it for free too? You know, and same thing sometimes with discounts. You know, you, you have to be cautious unless you're going to offer it to everybody. Then, right. you know, it's, it's hard. And, and, and pricing is like that too. I mean, you know, do you have friends and family pricing? And my response is, yeah, I charge them more. Um, <laughs> you know, right? You know, sometimes they're the, the, the bigger difficulties to deal with it, you know, as, as, you know, to, to put it nicely, but, you know, it, and, and the people who, who did the stuff pro bono were perfectly fine with that. You know, they, they never told, as far as I know, never told people that what they did, they got for free. Um, you know, and, and plus if you think, well, they got it for free, then when they give a recommendation, it kind of is, you know, you think, yeah, right, whatever. But, you know, if you think, hey, they paid for it, then you're going to, to, you know, the, the, uh, it's going to be a much more valuable type of testimonial. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's that's so true, and I, th- I think testimonials are so important. And sometimes I don't know if people understand or realize how important they really are mm-hmm. uh, in in the in especially the online space. I think. Right. So you know, I, I mentioned that you've got this great blog, um, and I, and I loved going through it. And you've got some great things oh. in here. And so now I'm just going to start you know picking on tips and things. Okay, here was my big bugaboo, and this is probably a lot of people's bugaboo. Done is better than perfect. Talk to us about that. Oh my gosh, that is still <laughs> so hard for me to swallow. Right. <laughs> I mean, I I do believe it. Uh, I I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, but I do like to put nice things out there. I it bothers right. me we when want I it to be professional, right? You know, there's yes. yeah, yes. But there are you know, times that I've worked on landing pages or I've had someone do a landing page for me, for instance, and it's come back and I just don't love it, mm-hmm. but I just have to put it out there because I can't spend any more time or I'm up against mm-hmm. a deadline uh, or things like that. But I do see, and, I, and again, I think it comes from maybe being in a nine to five uh, where you're, you're typically submitting your work or people are seeing your mm-hmm. work and, and you, know, you, you want to impress and, and again, be professional and do your best work. And, but sometimes in the online space, we just have to get it done to move mm-hmm. forward right. because we could spend all day making the perfect graphics, trying to come up with the perfect wording or the perfect email to send to our clients and, and all of those things. But it, you just have to keep moving forward and mm-hmm. taking action. And it has taken me a long time and I, I, I fully admit that I still struggle with it <laughs> To, to really do that, but I feel like I wouldn't be as far as I am if I, if I wouldn't have done that. Because we're never going to hit perfect. I mean, you know, somebody right. will always critique something. Um, I yeah. just launched a, a new service that I'm providing, and, you know, I loved a website. I thought it was fabulous, and a friend of mine looked at it and went, meh. <laughs> you know? oh. and, 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 you know, now they had very good comments, you know, that was, that was, you know, the part of the important That's thing, helpful. but then I had to make the decision. Am I going to go back and redo everything or live right. with that person going, Nyeh. 
you know, because a lot of other people looked at it and went, wow. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, you, you, there's those things in there too. And, you know, clearly there are things that you absolutely must make sure are right, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, you can't have big grammatical errors. And, you know, folks, if you don't know how to put stuff through a word processing program to check those things, then there's a totally different problem. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it, you can, you can tweak a graphic, you can tweak a layout, um, you know, and, and to be honest, we all do that all the time. You know, it's like, oh, we see something mm-hmm. on somebody else's that we like. Oh, let's use that here. But, yes. you know, done really is better than perfect. You can go back and fix things, but you have to, you know, it's it's like I said, you got to jump off that diving board at some point. Yes. And I see a lot of people, uh, people who are creating online courses, uh, they they really want to have this course that's full of all this information that they think is going to be really helpful, but they haven't asked anyone or haven't put anyone through it. Spent Mm -hmm. all this time creating this course. And I always say, again, you want people to go through it before you put all of your heart and soul into it, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't know where it's, Mm -hmm. it could be, um, where you could need more, content or, or something or a little bit different. Right. Yes. Cause more is, can be oh, very overwhelming. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, or maybe so, it needs to be broken down into modules or, or something like that. And, yeah. and I think that was one of my big problems was I wanted to do everything. You know, I was like, okay, you know, 10% was probably going to be okay because I was thinking through every single situation that might possibly come up. Right. Right. Now, here's, here's one of my favorite things that I noticed on your, your blog, and, and I think it really is something for many people who have launched their own business, you know, and, and whether they're, you know, just starting out, doing it as the side hustle, or, you know, somebody like me who's been doing this 20 years, and you talk about how to include time for you in your day. Talk to us more about that. So one of the things, actually, that I started to do, even before I left my nine to five. So when I was still in my nine to five, I created a morning routine. I read the book Miracle Morning, I think Mm -hmm. it's called Miracle Morning. Um, And I started to implement that into my day. And so I would read a little bit of personal development. Side note, I never focused on personal development until I started my own business. And now Mm -hmm. it's my whole life besides Mm -hmm. my business, you know? Uh, but I read uh, personal development. I would journal. I started to meditate, um, and then I would write affirmations as well. And that mm-hmm. really became my my morning routine. And I still actually stick to that to this day. I've had some. I've kind of started and stopped a little bit with it, but I am really into it as of right now. And I just feel it sets the tone for me during the day. Mm-hmm. Other things that I do is I used to work out uh, in the afternoon. It was kind of a break for me. Uh, I have switched that now to working out in the morning. Actually, after I do my morning routine, I go and work out. Uh, But I can tell for me personally, I have kind of an entrepreneur brain, but I also have, my boyfriend calls me ADD brain, where I can't continue talking about one topic without thinking of a million different things right. at the same time. Um, but I feel like my workouts and, and the meditating and the morning routine has really helped me to stay focused mm-hmm. as well. Uh, a couple other things that I've started to do more in the summer, it's getting a little bit colder here now, but I would take an afternoon walk just to mm-hmm. get outside. A lot of times I would listen to a podcast. I live kind of near the lake so I could walk down to the lake and come back. Um, that helped tremendously because honestly, I would get the best ideas during that time. Mm-hmm. I could sit at my desk by my computer and just trying to think of like the best subject line for an email or something like that. And I could go for a walk and not even trying to think about it, it would pop into my head. So mm-hmm. taking that time away. And then there's uh, definitely self-care things that I do, you know, like massages and things like that, that I always try to do, especially after I launch a program or something like that. I always try to take a day um, to really relax and kind of um, focus back on myself. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a long-winded answer, but. Well, and you know, so many people think, well, but that's a waste of time. It's Mm -hmm. not. 
you know, it's, it's, as you mentioned, it's, it's a way to recharge your batteries, to get out in a, a different environment. Um, you know, how many of us come up with that great idea for something while we're in that shower? Um, yes. you know, and all these yes. various things, you know, and, and again, it doesn't matter if, you know, it, it happens in, you know, in your corporate job. I mean, you get up, you walk, you know, for some people, they go out and, and have a cigarette, you know, for others, we go to the mm. coffee machine, you know, all these various things. We're getting up and temporarily putting kind of our brain in a different pattern, maybe is, is the way to say, it. I was going to say on hold, but we're not because we're still thinking. And that, that really is a way to recharge our batteries. Yes, I totally agree. And I also, some days, depending on what I, what I have to do, I implement the Pomodoro method, I believe it's called, where you work 25 minutes uh, for 25 minutes straight, and then you get a five or 10 minute break. I can't remember now, but it, it, mm. I have a, the app on my computer. So it, mm-hmm. it's actually a timer. And so then I work for 25 minutes straight and then it's 10 minutes. And then, the, you know, that's the time I can check my phone, go to the mm-hmm. bathroom, get more coffee or something like that. Because otherwise sometimes I'm, like I mentioned, I can be a little bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I also know I've done a lot of Brendan Bouchard courses. He does, I think he suggests like 50 minutes and, and then the last 10 minutes of the hour is your break. Mm-hmm. But I really like that because I can, if I know that I'm going to focus on something for 35 or 50 minutes, whatever it is, I can really get a lot done and I don't have to worry about any of these other distractions because mm-hmm. I know I have a built-in break to take care of those. So right. um, I really like those methods as well. Yeah. And there's certainly other things like turn Facebook off. Um, you know, and, and now I, you know, obviously if you're using it as a business tool, that's a little bit different, but you still need, you're not going to spend, you know, hours a day just staring at that. Um, you know, I find when I have to focus, I, I literally have to turn it completely off. Um, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and other things like turn off notifications, whether it's, you know, from your email, from Facebook on, on all your platforms, you know, your phones, all of those things, because the second it goes, you're like, oh. What is yes. that? What, what, what? You so know, we're like Pavlov's dog, you know, ooh, what, what, you know, and, 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 and so, you know, that comes back to your strategic planning. Um, you know, I know people who only check email like a couple of times a day and they plan it. You know, I'm going to check email between 8 and 8.30 and, you know, and that doesn't work for me. Um, but, you know, the important thing is find out what does work for you. Um, you know, one of the things that I've really gotten into, and this is based on one of my guests that I've had on a couple of times, and I've scoffed at this in the past. I, oh, I scoffed. <laughs> To-do lists. And, you know, and, and now part of it is I, you know, my, you know, as we <clears throat> get older, our brains function just a little bit more differently. And so I have a sheet that I created for myself because, you know, that, that just worked the best for me where it's a weekly planner. I've got everything by day. And I go through and check them off. And I tell you what, I start feeling good when I check stuff off. Then I've got a, the week's projects. So, you know, those things can be done at any point. And then just things that need to be done this month. And having that accountability really has helped. And then I also go back and put stuff on it that I did, you know, that might not have been on the list. It was like, oh, I updated that client's website on Tuesday, put it on the list. So it allows me to better track my time. I love that. You know, and, and really, yeah, I, a- I hated lists. I hated to-do lists. I thought, oh, you know, and my, and my husband yeah. is one of these, oh, he, he's, you know, he's a mathematician, so he loves lists. Oh. And, you know, but to me, it me, and it's like, oh, you know, and plus, you know, somebody says, well, when did you do such and such? Well, I can look back through because I keep them. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, I did that on October 12th. Um, you know, and, and so it does allow that. And, 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 but again, it's find what works for you and then tweak it, do whatever it needs to, to make it really work for you. Exactly. Yeah. I love that you do that because sometimes you can, especially if you're not used to maybe working from home or working for yourself, you can kind of look at the computer and you're like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Or you have so many things you don't know what to do first. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, I think that was it. It helped me focus, um, you know, because it was the, I need to do this and 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 now let's just go take a nap instead you know, or play on right. Facebook or, or whatever, Basically. you know, because your brain can only think of so many things before it goes, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, exactly. No, I love that. You know, and, and I also found that I needed to set boundaries. You know, I have office hours. 
Now, does it mean that I check my email at 10 o'clock at night? Sure. But I typically don't respond. Um, you know, and, and my clients know that. You know, and, and I tell them, if you need something done at you know, 10 o'clock on a holiday, then it's going to cost you double. And they usually figure out, oh, they don't need it done until you know, it's not the holiday. But you also need to set the boundaries with friends and family. You know, the, the people that, well, you're home, why can't you be doing whatever? Um, or, you know, the people who expect, well, you're, you, know, you work from home, why can't you be responding to me on a Friday night at, at 10? Right. Yes, that is a great point. Well, holy schmoly, Amy, we've got just a couple minutes left. So tell people oh about the services that you provide. Oh, sure. I, uh, so my business is called Two Week Notice Society, and I uh, work one-on-one with clients. And then I also have a signature program called Thrive Without the 9 to 5. And that program really takes you through uh, how to set up your escape plan, is what I call it. Um, And then uh, we start building the foundation in your business. Uh, We talk about how to put together your irresistible offer and then how to scale your business so that you can give your two-week notice. And then... um, and then my one-on-one services are very similar, but you just get the more attention from me and the accountability from me, and you can get your questions answered and things like that. So those are the two main services that I offer. Great. You know, and, and I love that you, we, you know, we've been kind of scoffing about Facebook, but you do have a Facebook group, which I'm a part of. Yes. And, oh. you know, and, and it's fun because it's, it's that little online community. Um, you know, and, and I think it is very important, especially for people when we go out on our own. It, it, you know, we, we kind of alluded to the fact that especially if you are a social person, it's very difficult, um, you know, and, and, and we still need to be social. But more importantly, no problem we have is probably unique. And so when you have a nice, safe place where you can say, okay, client X just did this, or I need to, you know, I need help with this. That's, you know, that's what I love about uh, things like your, your Facebook group. Thank you. Yes, I love my Facebook group. You know, and, and I think that's, you know, it is important for people to remember it's okay to ask for help and ask for support. Um, because as I said, it, no problem is unique. You know, and, and somebody's probably going to have a solution for you or point you in the right direction or whatever. And simple things. I mean, like somebody posted on Facebook yesterday, they have a new standing desk and their, their back is getting very tired. And, you know, and, and so all these people said, okay, well, there's apps that will make you sit down. Um, you know, we mentioned timers, you know, it will say, okay, you've stood mm-hmm. for 15 minutes. Now you need to sit for 10. Or, you know, I have a standing desk and I have one of those padded floor mats that has really helped. Oh. So little things like that, you know, or where's, you know, where do I go for printing? Or I need this do gadget or, you know, yeah. what do people know about QuickBooks? I mean, you know, we're, we're not alone in this, people. Right. Right. And there's always someone there to support you or give, give you advice that you never would have thought of. You know, mm-hmm. those are, that's what I love about it too. Right. You know, and, and that really is the thing because we have our niche that we're focused on. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't think about, okay, well, uh, I need business cards. Where do I go to get business cards? Or how do I get a logo designed? You know, all these various things. And so it's great to be able to reach out to other people, you know, whether it's through your groups or through your Facebook group or all those various things, you know, you've got these great resources. Right. Yes, I totally agree. I love it. Well, Amy, we do have just a couple minutes left. So what is one final thing that you would tell to our listeners? Ooh, good question. Uh, I think I'm going to say it's something advice that I gave to a client this week is nothing changes if nothing changes. And uh, uh, my mentor has actually been telling me that for quite some time. And I think it it recently hit home and, and, and how important it is, especially with the people that I work with, that, again, we have to take that action if it's something that we really, really want. And if uh, you're not really willing to make that, that change, nothing is going to change for you. So um, I, kind of, I, I love the saying. I love that too. You know, and, and it's, it's, you know, it was funny as I was looking through your blog post, one of the things, you know, how do you know when it's time? And one of the first things you, you said was, you're reading this. <laughs> and that's so true. I mean, you know, when, when we're thinking, is it time? 
if we're starting to look at resources like you, then it's probably time to give it a little bit more serious consideration. Yes. And just start taking those small actions. Right. You know, just little, little, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be overwhelming, uh, but just take, start taking those small steps, start reading the blog posts and just start thinking about it. Yeah, and you might decide, no, not for me. <laughs> you know, right. they really could. Right, happen. right, right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stay in corporate. You know, I'm, I like that there. But sure. um, so one more time, Amy, tell people how they find you and connect with you online. Sure. Uh, my website is twoweeknoticesociety.com. And then I am Two Week Notice Society on Instagram, Facebook. I have a Facebook page called Two Week Notice Society. My Facebook group is Two Week Notice Society. Um, and I think that's it. Instagram, Facebook, and my Facebook group, and then my website. I know all these various places and two <laughs> is spelled out. So it's T W O, not the, the number two. So two week notice society.com. And I love that because it really might not be two weeks that you're given, you know, but might be six months, might be a year, might be two yeah. weeks, but you know, if, if you don't start, nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. Well, Amy, this really has been fabulous, and I hope that we have given people the inspiration to to at least be thinking about this. Is this something that they want to do with their lives? Yes. Thank you so much. Great. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating, wonderful time talking with Amy Coates. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.